Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 52, the UK's online digital TV and technology show, the show that's based on feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me as ever is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. In today's show, we look at ways to get more from your digital camera with some top software and accessories. Here's a look at what else we're covering in today's tantalizing take on technology. Problems with the first Philips Freeview HD PVR. Shed a few pounds this summer with an online Fitbug. Cash in your old FM radio with the Scrappage Scheme. A novel way of removing crumbs from your keyboard. Plus your feedback on BT Vision and iPhone transmitters. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. Headline time starting off with HD news. BBC One will go HD from this autumn. This will be in addition to their existing BBC HD channel, and the new channel will be available on Sky, Virgin, Freesat and Freeview HD. It'll be on Freeview HD as a result of Five's recent decision not to launch their HD service on Freeview. Talking of Five, the TV station's up for sale. Owners RTL are looking for a buyer. Possible bidders include Sky, ITV and Big Brother's Endemol. Have a look for it on eBay. Next, some Apple news. Amazing demand for the iPad continues as Apple reports over 2 million iPads have been sold in just 60 days. Watch this space for news of the new 4G iPhone, which is expected to be announced by Apple's Steve Jobs at the start of the Worldwide Developer Conference on Monday the 7th of June. Some Freeview HD news now. We've heard from owners of the Philips DTR5520 Freeview HD boxes, reporting there are quite a number of nasty bugs. An over-the-air bug fix is expected in the next few days. Also note that the first Freeview HD recorder is now out, the Philips HDT8520. 500 gig drive, ultra-quiet and under £300. Links on our show notes. Some other quick snippets, the BBC has just launched an updated version of their iPlayer, with the ability to share content via Facebook and Twitter. Google has just announced they're about to enter the TV market too. Expect to see a Google TV set-top box powered by Android and made by Logitech coming soon. Virgin Media is about to relaunch their new and improved karaoke channel on their on-demand service. Stop singing, Carl. And in Freeview News, from the 2nd of June, History Channel Yesterday will increase broadcasting hours on Freeview. It'll now finish at 1am. Some digital radio news now. Absolute 80s has just joined the National Dab lineup, playing classic 80s music. Asian station Punjab Radio has just left the National Dab service, and Q Radio, from the magazine Q, has just left the London multiplex. If you're an avid radio listener, you may have heard Stephen Fry in a commercial for The Radio Amnesty. As we've covered before, the UK could be scrapping FM radio as early as 2015, and retailers including Argos, Comet, John Lewis and Tesco's, but not Dixon's and Curry's, will offer a trade-in of up to 20% off a DAB radio if you exchange an old FM and AM radio in-store. The old radios will be reconditioned and sent off to kids in Africa. Some voices in the UK radio industry aren't impressed though. The CEO of radio group UKRD had this to say, We are not prepared to encourage any of our listeners to go and replace their perfectly satisfactory analogue radio with a DAB one, which may not be able to pick up a DAB signal at all. 
This is absolutely appalling, and one has to question both the moral and ethical basis for running such a campaign. Broadcaster Steve Penk is also against the amnesty, calling it farcical, misleading and dishonest. The amnesty is on until the 26th of June. And finally, fancy trying on a virtual watch? Watchmakers Tissot have launched a virtual shop window at London's Selfridges. You can stand outside the store and see yourself wearing one of their new watches on your wrist using augmented reality. You can even try it at home. Seriously. All you need is a webcam and a printout of their T-Touch PDF. Take a look at the video clip on our show notes to see the future of shopping. Time's up. Thanks, Pete. For more on what we've covered today, check out our news blog at www.frequencycast.co.uk forward slash news. So what are we going to talk about in today's show then, Pete? Well, here's a clue. Ah, girls on film. Two minutes later. But for now, we're going to talk about photography. Okay, that sounds good to me. Over in a click. So we're not actually going to talk about digital cameras particularly in this show. We've done a series recently. We've done making the most of your TV, making the most of your MP3 player, and making the most of your mobile phone. So now, making the most out of digital photos. Okay, that sounds good, because that's all the rage. Everyone's got a camera on everything. Your mobile phone, your watch, your fridge, your camera, your phone. The first thing to cover off is everyone takes thousands and thousands and thousands of photos, and they all sit on your hard disk in a little heap. Finding one particular photo out of that large mess of photos is a pain. You're absolutely right. What you need is some kind of organiser, and what do you recommend? I'm going to mention Adobe Photoshop Elements version 8, which is about 50 quid and is a rather nifty little way of organising your photos. Now, there is a bit of sort of um, grassroots work you've got to do. You've actually got to tag and label and, and get all your photos in in the right format in the first place. But the beauty of this, you can see from my laptop here, I've actually got Photoshop elements up. And what I've done is I've selected show all pictures of Carl and Pete together. And there you can see that's pictures of just us. And that looks so neat and tidy. And then across the top of the screen, you've got a timeline. Now, I remember seeing this with uh, version 4 or 5, was it? Yep, absolutely. I'm actually running version 6 on this laptop, but normally version 8 is the is the current one. Wow, so that's moved on. So what else does it do? So you can select a category, uh, as you say, in this case you've chosen you and I together, and then it displays all those pictures with you and I in together only, and eliminates pictures with more people in, or what? Absolutely. You can also tag things like birthdays only, or anything in a particular year, or in a particular folder. If you've got loads and loads of photos, I would seriously suggest getting yourself a decent organiser app, and for us it's uh, Photoshop Elements. Very good. And of course you then have to label which photographs go in which folder yourself. And then from then onwards it keeps it in the right category. That's great. Cool. Next thing I want to mention is showing off your photos. So you've got all your photos on your computer, but it's not great to get people to crowd around your computer to have a look at your photos, is it? No, you put them in an album and you pass them around the room. There is that. Can you think of something a bit more 21st century? Project them up on a screen. Ah, that's definitely doable. I was actually going to think of a couple of things. One is getting them up on your TV, which is a nice clever little way. You remember we, we spoke about the um, Western Digital HD box that plugs into your telly and you stick a USB card in it and it lets you watch uh, movie clips. Oh yes, I remember that. Also lets you watch photos. So get yourself one of these little devices. You get one for 70 quid that doesn't stream or one for 100 quid that does stream and it will just display your photos up on your TV so anyone in the house can sit and watch them on a big screen. Well that's nice. When people come round they can sit and laugh at you. Absolutely. The other option of course is the digital photo frame. Sits in your mantelpiece, sits in your hall and does a nice little slideshow of photos. Yeah, but for a good one of those you've got to spend around 60 to 100 pounds haven't you you can get them for about 30 quid from the likes of tesco's but 
if you want a high spec one you are talking upwards of £100 however I would suggest one to look at is the O2 Joggler you remember we covered that a while ago oh yeah because that was about the size of a photo frame wasn't it but that was a whole organiser for the whole life and family wasn't it calendar and everything on that correct it was intended to be a sort of a home organiser with a diary and all these other things in it but it's actually got a whole bunch of good stuff with it so it can do uh, check on your news the weather your local travel news it's a media player so it does video it does music does photos online calendar Um, if you're interested these have actually been updated fairly recently you can now get Google Maps on it and watch YouTube clips and it's also got internet radio so it's actually a really powerful device way more powerful than your average photo frame and a little bit cheaper we actually did a full review of these back in show 41 and the price now Carl? about £99 aren't they? absolutely right wireless or wired connection so the O2 Joggler take a look on our show notes very highly recommended thank you very much so what if I do want to put it in an album or just get it printed off? Of course you can still do that. Get yourself a cheap colour inkjet printer. Ideally get one with separate ink cartridges so if your cyan runs out you don't have to replace the entire cartridge. You can just get a new cyan. The other alternative is online photo services. Things like Photobox or Bonus Print as well as getting photos in the post. You can also get mugs and mouse mats and coasters and all sorts of other weird and wonderful things. The one thing I do want to mention, now we spoke about this quite a while ago now but it's had a little bit of an update. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Now, this is a a clever little device, wasn't it? This is like a whole photocopier in your pocket. And uh, this is wireless as well, wasn't it? This is, you can send photographs from your, is it anything, a phone, or is it just anything on with Bluetooth? Okay, let's do a little demo here. So I'm going to take my camera. I'm going to take a picture of something in the studio. We might put this up on our website a bit later. Right. Okay, so there's our photo. Now, what we do is we browse to the photo folder. So there's our photo. And what I now do is I go options, send via Bluetooth. It's now going to scan for Bluetooth devices, and here's the one I want, Polaroid. So there you go, what it's now doing is printing out a nice little photo taken on my mobile phone on this little pocket portable rechargeable printer. I like this, it's like a credit card size photograph. And uh, it's sticky paper, isn't it, that it prints onto? Perfect for sticking on your fridge. So there you go, that's the standard sort of Polaroid thing that's going to take about 20 or 30 seconds to formulate itself into a picture. The Polaroid Portable Pocket Rechargeable Pogo Printer. Very nice. These used to be quite pricey, didn't they? Yeah, they were 120, no, 180 pounds? Something along those lines. 25 pounds now. Good grief. Really? Is that all? I might just buy one. I haven't got anything to use it with. It's actually moved on slightly. They've now brought out this. Here's a picture of it. Oh, that's very nice. Is, is, Is that got a camera on the other side of it? Yep. So now the Polaroid Pogo printer is also a camera. So it's a full 5 meg camera. You take a picture and it will just print out straight away onto these little um, bits of paper. So it's almost gone back to the original Polaroid. Exactly, and of course it's made by Polaroid, there you go. These are about 125 quid if you fancy one. Don't mind if I do. With the camera, 125. Without the camera, 25. Whilst we're on the subject of taking photographs, wasn't there a product that you could buy that tells you where you are when you take it? Ah, yes, geotagging. Oh yeah, that's right. A little button, wasn't it? And you press the button after you took a photograph and it showed you on a map when you got home where you were. This thing here, so this is called the I Got You. Have a little click of that. There you go. Tiny little white box, and you carry it around with you, and it takes a record of where you are, GPS coordinates based on your satellite position. So you sync up the time of this and the time of your camera. So when you get home, you compare the two together, and you've got a location that goes with your photo. And you upload them using this thing called iTrip, which gives you this map of where you were and what you were taking pictures of at the time. Very clever. And it can be used as a homing device, can't it? Yeah, you can bug someone with this, stick it in a car or whatever, and see where they've been, which is kind of kind of devious. Well, you are, aren't you? Sneaky little man. 
But of course, this is a bit fiddly. You've got to carry a second box around with you and everything else. So what we're now finding is more and more cameras are coming out with built-in GPS. Oh, very clever. So it does it all for you. That's the exact thinking behind it. So the one we are really, really keen on is the Samsung ST1000 12 megapixel camera, touchscreen, Wi-Fi, GPS, all the gadgets. MP3, mobile phone, cuddly toy and wine glasses. It's gorgeous. Look at that. Hasn't got the other things on it there. It's nice. Black and sleek and it looks about the size of a mobile phone, really. How much would you say for one of those with all the Wi-Fis and touchscreens and everything? 200 of your earthbound pounds. 250. I wasn't far off, was I? Now, do you know how this geotagging actually works? No, it just takes a satellite position and tells you where you are according to a satellite somewhere on a distant planet, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely correct. It actually uses, I'm going to, just just for the, the techies that are interested, it actually encodes a little secret code in the metadata on the JPEGs of the photos that are actually taken using this thing called EXIF. As if? EXIF, Exchangeable Image File Format. And it holds the uh, the coordinates uh, in this special sort of metadata that certain programs can read. Well, thank you for that. I'm inspired. Let's do something more exciting now. Can you uh, do a demonstration that will thrill me? Now, this isn't going to work first time but we're going to have a go right my camera here hang on a second you do end up following the fundamental laws of science don't you I mean, if it smells, it's chemistry. If it wriggles, it's biology. And if it doesn't work, that's you. It's physics. This is going to be an interesting little demo if I can get this to work. So in my hands here, I have my ordinary digital camera. This is my Canon This doesn't have Wi-Fi in. It hasn't got GPS. None of that clever stuff. Just a standard, basic digital camera. Okay. I've added something. Really? To make this a little bit more powerful. Is it a flux capacitor? Does it make time travel possible? Only if I can take 88 photos an hour. I think you're making some kind of joke. So the system we actually have here, unfortunately, where we are in the studio, we don't have Wi-Fi access. So I've actually got my little, um, something called a MiFi over there, which is a portable wireless station. These things are brilliant. This one's from Novatel. You stick a SIM card in it and it will effectively use the mobile phone network to get an internet connection. Then it makes it available as a Wi-Fi connection. So I have my laptop here. It's my handy little Asus. It's connected to the wireless network. Right. Kind of doesn't really matter because the clever bit is what happens with this camera. So I now turn the camera on. So there's the camera turned on. Let's take a photo of something. What should we take a photo of in the studio? Take a photo of this. You ready? There we go. So there's my lovely picture. Lovely. A picture of compressed air in a can. Now, as if by magic, look at this. I can already see it. It's on the bottom right of your screen. Okay, so just describe what's happened there. Well, it it was that was almost instantaneous because that was like milliseconds later. It was on your laptop. That was very clever. (laughs) So let's see. uh, So take me through this. It started at the camera and it was sent from the camera via what? Exactly. It's magic, isn't it? Let me just turn the camera off and show you. Take the bottom of the camera here. That's a standard SD card, yeah? Well, it appears to be, yeah, but it's bright orange. It is bright orange. It's actually got a Wi-Fi transmitter in it. Well, isn't that cute? And it's powered off the camera. So this works in pretty much any camera that uses an SD socket of some kind. No special software needed, no transmitters, no nothing. You just buy this card, it's powered off the camera, slide it in like any SD card lock it in and when you take a photo the moment you finish taking the photo it will transmit it using your home's wireless to a pc of your choosing and a folder of your choosing well that's very clever i'm quite impressed there's a lovely picture of a can in the studio the things you have pictures of now if this is going to work this is the part of the demo that is slightly more tricky i'm now going to look at the application that comes with this and i'll see if the photo is there 
So there's a photo in the management software that it comes with. If I click on this photo... Now that's logged that as the date and the time and also the image size and all those sort of relevant things all in one go. Good. Okay, wait for it. And now we've tagged it as well. Very impressive. <laughs> so it's geo-tagged as well. It's identified the location of our studio as being the residence of this particular can of compressed air. Uh, How accurate is that? Look at that. That is spot on. It is. Yeah, it's very accurate. <laughs> Right, I'm suitably spooked. So let me just get this clear. This isn't actually using GPS. This is actually using a system called Skyhook, which actually uses all the various wireless hotspots to identify whereabouts you are. So that's picked up a local wireless hotspot and tagged that that photo was taken there. So without doing anything, I've taken a photo completely transparently. It's downloaded that to my PC over wireless, and it's also tagged its location, time and date. A round of applause. Take a bow. I'm amazed that worked, actually. I was just dreading that demo going horribly wrong. So there you go. This is called an iFi. How much do you think for that card? Card. I'm going to go out on a limb here. £25. Okay. It's actually 50 for a 4 gig card. But when you consider a 4 gig card that doesn't have a wireless transmitter in is, you know, sort of 15, 20, 30 quid anyway, actually, it's not a bad price. Well, I can only see it coming down. There you go. Impressed? Very. Right. There's only one other thing. What about if I want to store all my photographs online and save paper? Well, you've got your Facebook of course, upload straight to Facebook. Most mobile phones, certainly things like the Android phones and the, the iPhone, have all got Facebook apps and you can just take a photo, upload it straight to Facebook. I did that myself a couple of uh, weeks ago. I was at uh, Downing Street when Brown resigned. I took a little picture and uploaded it straight onto Facebook. The things you do. Why were you in London at Downing Street, for goodness sake? I mean, of all the places to go to, you stand outside Downing Street. You are officially sad. I, I was applying for a job. I want to be minister for tea dunking. Are you going to dunk Jaffa cakes? Be careful, because that's a real soggy biscuit. So there you go. Facebook, you can upload your images on Facebook from most mobile phones. There's also a service called Picasa, which offers great online storage. The best one, though, Flickr, of course. Upload your photos, edit your photos, do red-eye reduction all on the net. Organise your photos, share with groups of people, and also see geotaggy, mappy type things. Um, Flickr, owned by Yahoo, pretty good pedigree, highly recommended. Thank you. Final thing to mention, with all your photos make sure you keep them backed up securely listen to show 47 for details right thanks pete we'll have loads of pictures and information on all of this on our website so go to www.frequencycast.co.uk so i'd like to play with this gray thing that you've got in your hand now what does that do this is a bug a real bug like james bond bug homing device bug does it does it listen to me or what does it what does it do okay so we've talked all about photos right and if you're gonna have your photo taken you want to look gorgeous don't you so get one of these bugs effectively what we've got here is kind of your common or garden pedometer so you stick it in your pocket you clip it to your belt and it keeps track of every step that you take okay is that all you get for your money that little gray thing not quite so this has got a display on it most pedometers are just little thingies that you clip on your belt and nothing happens but this has got a nice little display so you can see there what's that number there that's 4720 and what's that oh it's a little picture of a foot to the right isn't that quaint there you go so 4720 steps i have taken today bottom half of the screen there is just the time you can clip this to your belt stick it in your pocket or hang it around your neck with this little thingy there but the clever bit is this usb socket well that's a clever bit that usb socket it is it's a clever bit this USB socket. So you stick this into your PC and it downloads all of your footstep information. Where it gets clever though is the back end of this. It's a service called Fitbug. Right. A service? Effectively it's a uh, health service. So this records how many steps you take. 
into the website you put information about what you've eaten and it does various health checks on you. Oh, I see. That's very clever. And that's all automated, isn't it? It's pretty clever. Now, we've only had this for a couple of days and actually we haven't really got any serious amount of data out of this. We've got one of the girls in the office is going to be giving this a try out for us over the next month. So what we'll try and do is report back in the next show how she's getting on with this. Is it the fit one? At the end of it, she will be, yeah. So what does it come with? It, well, it's pretty much this and this little box here. So we've got a little little box about as big as what a couple of cd boxes bolted together yeah and a usb lead and that is the website that comes with it oh right and this automatically logs onto the website when you connect it to your computer does it downloads all your data sends it up to their website and when you go onto the website you get all these graphs and things so there's this uh, sort of energy meter thing here your calorie intake meter trends of your fitness and health and it gives you advice and recommendations and it's actually intended to be your online personal health and well-being coach for fitness, vitality and weight loss, movement and motivation. And the big thing, unlike other sort of diet and health programs, this thing actually motivates you. It sends you text messages. You get weird instructions and things on your computer. It looks pretty impressive, actually. And we'll be looking at this in a little more detail. The reason I want to mention it now before we've done a full review is we've got a 20% off voucher for it. Oh, very good. I might buy one. Would it send me sweet texts like, you're looking hot today, baby, and why don't you try using the stairs instead of lift, you lazy... Yes, we'll let you know. So if you want to try one of these, these are all the rage at the moment. The Fitbug is very, very big business. Uh, they've also actually aligned themselves with Nectar, and for every thousand steps you take, you get a Nectar point, which is quite cool. Every step you take? Well, that's got a bit of a sting in the tail. So there you go. That is the Fitbug. We'll be covering this in more detail, but if you do want one, go to the show notes for today's show, 20% off a Fitbug. Thank you. And now it's time for our new feature, which is my new favourite part of the show. It is a gimmicky gadget in 30 seconds. Now, apparently, Pete thinks he's up to the challenge. Um, I'm not entirely sure you are, but are you ready? Yes, and my gimmicky gadget of the month is... A pot of goo. It's bright yellowy green. It kills 80% of germs and comes in a 135 gram pot. It's a cross between slime and silly putty. It's called CyberClean and it gets between nooks and crannies to clean your gadgets. Press it on, lift it off, and the dirt comes with it. CyberClean works on mobile phones, TV kit, laptops, and anything with an odd shape that collects dust and fluff. It also works with microphones. So there you go. Get yourself a little pot of this CyberClean, £8 only, picks on our show notes. Can't believe you're not supposed to try and better me with the sound effects. What did you do? Go to the production department. That's just cheating. I used the box. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Time to hear from you now as we take a look at your emails, texts, tweets and calls in interaction. First, a mail from Kathy Wynn. Hi guys, could you please enlighten me as to the availability of Freeview HD where I live, SL97, which is west of London on the A40, just outside the M25. On one website I read that for London it was available in 2009, on another I read it won't be available to get until 2012. Hi Cathy, well your local transmitter is Crystal Palace, which started broadcasting Freeview HD in December 2009, but it's only on half power until 2012. We checked your postcode at the DTG site, which gives decent information about coverage. At your address, HD reception is currently shown as poor. In April 2011, this will change to marginal, but it won't be good until 2012. Next, we hear from Terry Costello. What are BT Vision doing about HD? Are they planning on releasing a new box to cater for HDTV? If they don't pull their finger out soon, I'm going to have to ditch the Vision box for a Freesat or Freeview HD box. By the way, 
Love the podcast, but they don't come around often enough. Thank you for that, Terry. Help us spread the word, Terry, and when we're a bit higher up the rankings, we could be persuaded. As for BT Vision, we've not heard any concrete plans for a new HD box, although rumours do persist of a new box coming out later this year. The boss at BT, Ian Livingston, has recently gone on record as saying we can expect to see some improvements over the next couple of years. Described as BT Vision 2.0, the enhanced platform will offer more HD content, more on-demand content and advanced recommendation and search. Of course, later this year we can also expect to see Sky Sports 1 and 2 join the Vision platform. More on BT when we have it. If you've got a comment or a question, stop by our site and send us a message. It's your feedback that makes the show, so get in touch. And that's exactly what Steve Moxon did. He asks about an in-car kit for the iPhone. He says, I have an FM transmitter for my iPod, which worked pretty well, but is almost useless for the iPhone due to interference. Do you have any advice on what units perform well? I would like FM capability to play content through the car radio, but also like the idea of hands-free calls playing through the speakers. FM transmitters operate on a very low power, so interference is quite common. From my experience, I'd suggest avoiding anything from Belkin, including their TuneCast, which claims to offer FM and hands-free. The newer Griffin Road Trip does perform very well for playback, but doesn't do hands-free, so if you went for the Griffin, you'd need a Bluetooth headset for your calls. For a more robust solution, you might want to look at the Parrot MKI 9000. If any of our listeners can recommend a great iPhone FM kit, please let us know. And next, one of two podline calls about BT Vision. My name's Vince Guy. I live in Stevens, Hertfordshire. Uh, I've got a question about BT Vision, about a full code that's not listed on their websites or anywhere. It's error H1001HGMI lead unsupported for your TV. So I hope you can help. Thank you. I suspect you're actually suffering from a handshake problem between the TV and the BT Vision box. Three things to try. First, make sure you haven't connected HDMI and SCART at the same time. Second, make sure you turn the TV set on first and then the BT Vision box. And finally, try changing the HD resolution settings via settings, TV settings, screen aspect ratio, and try alternating between 720 and 1080. If you'd like to hear your voice on the show, leave us a message on the pod line. The number is 0208133 And here's another call on BT Vision. Hi, right, it's uh, Edwin Stevenson from Nick Austin The Line. I've had BT Vision for about two or three weeks now, uh, which is working perfectly well. I acquired a second box and uh, tried to set it up in the bedroom, connected to the broadband uh, via the two separate adapters that came with the second box, and um, seemed to freeze the whole system could access on demand, but I couldn't really record programs and it jammed all the freeview channels. Is there any way that um, a second box can be used, or is there any way it can just be used as a freeview box just to record programs upstairs? BT don't support more than one BT Vision box on the same phone line. This is because the on-demand service, recording and program guide, reside on the BT Vision servers. For full functionality on two boxes, you'd need a second broadband line. If you don't want to run to a second line, you may find that you can use a second box for watching Freeview without record or on demand. Or alternatively, you could use a wireless AV sender to send the output of your main box to a second room. More on this on our show notes. Oh, and I've just looked down at the light. Uh, We've got another light on. That must mean another podline call. And here it is. Um, Hi there, Carl and Pete. So Andy from Thameslead in south-east London. Any chance of um, you finding out when iPlayer is going to be available on Freeview? I'm really looking forward to it, since I've got my free view TV. 
Great show, by the way. All right, Andy, I'll hand it over to the guru. Right, well, to get the iPlayer on your TV, your TV is going to need to be connected to the internet, obviously. Most TV sets don't have an Ethernet connector or a wireless adapter to do this, or even software in the TV that lets you do streaming web video. So what you're actually going to need is a set-top box that will connect you to iPlayer. And you can get a box that does this, can you? There's a couple out there. There's our good old friend, the BT Vision box, which lets you get access to BBC iPlayer, ITV4 and 5 content on demand. Or there's the Fetch TV box, which now does BBC iPlayer. Also, many of the new Freeview HD boxes that are slowly creeping onto the market should be able to support this, but it's going to be a bit later this year, we reckon. Right, what about without a box? Well, TV sets will come with Ethernet adapters or wireless adapters to do it. There aren't actually that many of them out there. There's one we've come across, which is called the iViewer. It's a 32-inch set, full HD LCD TV. It does support live TV and catch-up over the internet from the BBC iPlayer. And that's about 500 quid. We'll stick links to all three on our show notes. Fantastic. Now, what's going on in our forum? We've had some good chat about the Powerline adapters that we discussed in our mid-month update. Some good words about our bit on the Digital Economy Act. Special thanks there to Made Bloke for his, his praise, which is always good. Like a bit of praise. And also Walkie Talkies. Good, uh, a good couple of comments on uh, the Walkie Talkie feature we did. And lots of talk about our new iPhone app. Oh, yeah. Tell me more about the iPhone app. I just have to show you again. Here we go. Look. Here we go. Opening it up. There it is. There's our app. Categories include our new section, latest shows, team blogs. That's where we chat. TV and tech help, forum and a way of getting in touch with us. Had some really, really good feedback so far. Such as we've had up to 4.5 stars on iTunes. Only got half a star to go and we're done. Absolutely. And some good messages as well. Paul Wright says, I Pete. Nice. (laughs) And Michael Johnson. Uh, Pleased to see that there's a dedicated app. Uh, No need for the RSS reader now. Very happy that Steve Jobs let this one go through. Thanks, Apple. Also hi to Edward Hunter, Doghoff, Cobluck and Vinny for their kind words on our app. Remember, it's available free for the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch. It's also available for Android phones. Check it out. Cool. A very, very quick lyrics quiz for you, Carl. You ready? Always. Using TuneWiki on the iPod. I had to check this out earlier. The lyrics to a Hall of Notes song, I Can't Go For That. I'll do almost anything that you want me to, but I can't go for that. I know the song. Meatloaf, I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. What I want to know is, what is that? Okay, so see who can come up with the best answer for what that is. And it's not this, it's that. So make sure you get that right. Thanks for all your feedback. Got a question? Get in touch via www.frequencycast.co.uk. Or if you're on the move, why not text us on 07882 043521 and make Pete's pocket vibrate. It might wake him up. Frequency cast. Shut down in progress. Well, that's your lot for this show, Show 52. For news updates, or to get in touch, please stop by frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. FrequencyCast. Shut down.